people are usually at their worst when they're posing, when they think they're being photographed. Welcome to the Common Errors in English Usage podcast. I'm here with Paul Bryans, author of the Common Errors in English Usage website and book. I'm the editor of that book and host of this weekly podcast, Tom Sumner. Well, hello, Paul. Hi, Tom. Paul, one of our favorite topics, certainly one of your favorite topics, is photography, one of your great hobbies. We've talked about that before, and we still had a few more things to talk about uh in your personal experience shooting photographs, I know you do a lot of events uh, where you have to shoot candid shots, live people on the street, street photography. I want to talk a little bit about some of your experience in that area. Actually, I did one yesterday in the morning. Uh, there was a project from our local land trust for volunteers to pull ivy off trees on this protected property. And uh, these are always very challenging. Not only have to look out that I don't get snagged on the bushes or step in the creek, uh, but the exposures can be very tricky because there's a mixture of dark and light in the woods and there's always twigs wanting to get in the way and grab the focus. And um, the people are moving around constantly. They're often bending over, pulling up weeds. And so what I get is their rump, which isn't the most flattering pose. Getting faces in the picture is a real challenge, but I got some really nice ones uh, yesterday. It's a matter of patience and just shooting a lot. And in that situation, as in a lot of situations, I use burst mode. Click, 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 click. So that as they move and they're constantly moving their heads and, you know, moving in front of trees and back of them and so on, then I have a better chance to get shot that I can use. Um, I tried doing that with flash to get a little extra fill flash, but uh, the flash won't let you do burst mode because the battery has to recharge the flash after each flash. So, yeah, that didn't work. Well, the burst mode is almost like shooting a movie and then you could freeze a frame when you're done. Yeah, sort of. And isolate one particular shot where it just ah, that's the very moment I wanted to get. Now, this whole category of shooting is sometimes called street photography, and that's when you're shooting strangers and you're just out in public. Mm -hmm. And the classic ones were done in big city streets, and that's where it gets its name. But that's not really what I do. I, I've rarely shot anything like that. But I'll go instead to something like our annual fall harvest fair here or the 4th of July parade and take pictures of the participants. Um, and those are often really colorful. And I'll put them up on Facebook, and people sometimes identify themselves or their friends, and it makes a nice community thing. I also try not to post anything that's going to embarrass anybody and you know keep them friendly, sort of celebrate the occasion. What about if you do street photography, um, and you shoot strangers on the street. What are the are there any legal implications in that? Uh, if you uh, capture somebody's image and it ends up in the newspaper or ends up in a magazine or published on a website somewhere, what do we need to worry about if we're doing anything like that? People tend to exaggerate the problems that that poses. I mean, think about your local newspaper and how often there are pictures of people just say standing near a car accident or, you know 
people in the park on a sunny day when the photographer was just capturing the blossoms nearby. Um, there is no legal requirement to get permission to photograph people in public where they have a reasonable understanding that this is a public space. It's not inside their home. It's not in their yard. Um, they're out participating in a public event. Um, some people have gotten very anxious about pictures of children in particular. But again, that's a matter of personal feeling. There's not a law saying that you couldn't show children marching in the Fourth of July parade, for instance, or with a Halloween costume on uh, collecting candy downtown. Um, there are just some people who feel that if there are recognizable pictures of children, you shouldn't post them on Facebook. And I can understand their concern, but that that has sometimes gone over into people thinking that there's some kind of legal restriction of that. And uh, as long as just a normal snapshot, no, there's nothing like that. Where it does come in and professionals have to deal with it is if you're taking um, pictures on the street and then you are selling them not as art, but as advertising so that uh, you're getting substantial money back from some commercial enterprise to use the picture of someone. And then there can be questions about whether you need a um, model permission signed. And this is where I think um, students going to college, I know my kids at least, always had to sign some statement saying, you may have your picture taken while you're around campus, and we may use that in our marketing materials, and you need to be okay with that. And then uh, you have to sign a sheet saying that that's okay. Yeah, I've been in more than one space where that was true. I used to give uh, guided tours at the Science Fiction Museum in Seattle, and they would have uh, photographers and filmmakers sometimes in there, and they would put a sign up like that, just saying, you know, just be aware, your picture may be used. And um, I suppose you could go object at the office or you could just hide your face or something. But, yeah, they don't need to individually solicit uh, signed forms or anything from you. So if I'm out taking pictures at an event, a public event, and people show up in my pictures and then I put it up on my Instagram account. And by the way, I don't do any of these things or have any of those things. But if I were uh, or if one of our listeners is doing that, if they believe they're innocent and they're acting innocently, then they are. If there's no nefarious purpose here, you're just trying to capture the event and share it with people online. It's not a problem. Right. And if somebody does object and say, I really prefer not to have my picture up on Facebook, it's um, ethical to take it down. It's not a legal requirement, but it's polite. And I would certainly follow that pattern. Right. Well, we like people who are nice. So if I, for some reason, didn't want my photo online in a public event and I requested that, I certainly would expect somebody to honor that request, and I would hope they would do that. But sneaking pictures of your roommate inside the room or doing it inside somebody's house or, say, at any event that is not public, that is very much not legal mm -hmm. if you're going to um, be using the photographs. And even, you know, a lot, a lot of people would like to know that you're even taking a photograph. Mm hmm well, uh, beyond that, so we've established that it's okay to go out. If you're out in public, you can take pictures at a public event. Uh, do you have any other tips for that kind of photography? Yeah, one reason to uh, 
photograph people is to humanize a scene. Like if you have a street scene, there's a big building. Um, you don't want a mob of people crossing in front of you and cluttering it up. But let's say it's fairly deserted. It might be nice to have somebody walking by to give a sense of scale and to also humanize it a little bit. One of the projects I've been working on with the land trust here is they want more pictures of people walking in the woods. Mm. And so after Thanksgiving, I went out in the nearby woods and there were a lot of people walking. And I shot several parties of people from the rear where you couldn't see their faces, but, you know, gave family hiking through the woods. And I think that's perfectly legitimate. I can't imagine anybody objecting to that. Um, and then I ran into some other people, got talking with them, and they agreed to pose for me. And so I had some uh, nice shots of them on a bridge in the woods. Um, another thing that can be difficult if you're doing that, though, is that people are usually moving pretty fast. So um, I would rather use models. And right now, the land trust is uh, trying to draw up a list of people with kids and people of various ages who are willing to go out and be my models to shoot them on the trail. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the Halloween costume parade that they have here on Bainbridge is a great opportunity because everybody wants to be photographed. They're really proud of what they've done for their costumes of all ages. And it's the adults that sometimes have the most fantastic costumes. And um, on the 4th of July, I usually march in the parade and shoot the people watching. And they're all dolled up in red, white and blue and looking very festive. And that can be fine, too. Well, that sounds great. Uh, what about other types of photography that you do? That's candid stuff. What about setting up for photos? Well, let me add just a couple more tips about doing this kind of candid photography. Uh, one of the things that happens a lot is you aim and focus to capture the perfect moment, and just then the person turns their head and ruins it. That is one reason to use burst mode in this kind of situation. So just as soon as you think you have a shot that might be coming, start shooting and just do click, 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 click. Somewhere in the middle, maybe you'll get a right shot. But the other thing that happens is that all the time, somebody walks in front of what you're aiming at uh, or tips their head over toward it and blocks it. So when people do this deliberately, it's called photobombing. inserting themselves into a shot but um, inadvertent photobombing is just it's just a hazard and sometimes you just feel oh that would have been so good if she hadn't just leaned over and picked up that garbage from the sidewalk when i was trying to shoot the person behind her (laughs) so patience is important and persistence and uh, not fussing around too much with focus. If you know how your camera works, use the autofocus mostly. Um, use the button press halfway down. Uh, but uh, you can't be constantly concerned about exposure and focus. Make sure your white balance is correct. But otherwise, I go with a lot of pretty much automatic photography. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. If you're trying to get a candid shot, you can't be fussing with the camera. The shots come and go so quickly. But your recommendation of shooting in burst mode makes me think of a just a general problem with our current state of affairs with cameras is, um, this is certainly true with me. You tend to overshoot. You tend to get more pictures on your phone or more pictures from an event than anybody could ever possibly want to focus on. And at that point, well, 
obviously, if you're presenting something for a website or a magazine or a newspaper, you can only pick one. Right. And uh, that could be a good guidance in your day-to-day life is to go through your pictures after you're done with the event. And if you think you've got some turkeys in there, just throw them out. Yeah, that's what I do. I do a first cut Yeah. when I go through, and I'll put up on the screen maybe 20, 25 pictures and save two. Yeah. Send all the rest to the trash. So, um, yeah, that primary weeding is important to say, well, this one, my thumb was in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the exposure was all wrong on this one and so on. And, and then just save the ones that you think have some possibilities and just keep pruning. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I think I do want to hear some more about this setting up photos because this is something that actually would be more common for just the casual photographer, believe it or not. And you think, well, that's for a portrait photographer, but we're at a family event. That's when everybody gets the camera out. Right. Wait, birthday parties. Yes. Uh, graduation parties, any kind of party, uh, family portraits. But I've also been asked to shoot groups, performing groups, a couple of choruses, um, when we're indoors, when outdoors. And uh, those can be really interesting and challenging. There are a lot of things to be concerned about when you're doing this. Now, it's nice to just get your family together. And the thing is, if the group is happy with each other and socializing, letting them chat with each other and just quietly going about using burst mode again, click, 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 just capture a lot of that. Because people are usually at their worst when they're posing, when they think they're being photographed. Mm. And the best expressions I feel are just before they think they're being photographed and just after they think the photograph has been taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why I always use burst mode when I'm doing this kind of situation. Most people, at least some people in every group, lack patience for you to get the perfect shot. So you do not want to get everybody seated and then start adjusting your white balance and your exposure time and all the rest and fiddling with your camera because they will just get annoyed and you're likely to lose the whole shot. So, you know, scout out where it is ahead of time. Try to find out, uh, am I going to be doing this today? Is this something people want? And then where will we be? Think about the background. You know, it's everybody on the couch. Well, what's in back of the couch? Is there a lot of clutter back there? Is maybe a different angle, maybe moving the couch? Um, Is there crud on the floor in front of them? All kinds of stuff like that. But mainly, if you're trying to get the perfect picture, um, maybe you've got the charm to make people pose perfectly. But my experience is just keep up a little chatter and encourage them to enjoy themselves and just shoot, 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 shoot. I had one group who was out in the park from the senior center. This was their chorus. And um, they were called the Evergreen Singers. So I put them in front of a backdrop of cedar branches, which I thought was appropriate. And they just started goofing around and started singing. They weren't singing a song. They were just singing a note. But they all these big smiles with their mouths open, and it looked great. And they just volunteered that (laughs) yeah unless you're a professional and you have high-end equipment i generally would try to avoid flash for this sort of thing you're more likely to get red eye and more likely to get washed out that look unnatural and and garish Mm. so it's better to use natural light or to have other light in the room making sure of course to set your white balance for whatever kind of light it is first of all that's great advice if you have a adjustments to be made on your camera 
get it more or less in shape before people show up inside the frame. And that's something that I've actually haven't really thought about much before. You always think, let's get everybody over here, everybody together. Okay, I got the camera over here. Oh, shoot, I better use this other mode, you know, and everybody's getting impatient and you're never going to get a good shot that way. But uh, I think that's a really good tip. What about when you're in the group? Are there any pointers? I've had professional photographers tell everybody, don't look at the camera. Everybody look over here. Everybody look off this way or this kind of thing. Are any of those things kind of universally advisable or they're just acting spontaneously and trying to get different shots? Yeah, I think there's just different styles and how formal you want to be. I think looking at the camera is fine unless they don't look transfixed. Um, one typical thing that will happen is that one person in the group will decide to turn their head just when you make the shot and get it blurred. Or everybody looks great except Aunt Sue just closed her eyes at that moment. And that's another reason to use burst mode because you can go into software, in my case Elements, where I use photo merge group shot and photo merge faces. And it makes it easy to take where the person with their eyes shut had their eyes open and insert that in the otherwise superior shot. So you can pick the best faces from the different shots and blend them together. And it's really, really easy to do. You don't have to have a lot of artistic skill. Oh, and if you're using a tripod. Yes. Well, this works much better with a tripod. For this kind of shoot, I would always use a tripod. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's just there all in the same spot. They're all in the same row. And if you've got burst mode, you can just take the best shot of everyone theoretically and just superimpose one on top of the other on top of the other and get the best of everybody in the photo right huh yeah a lot of people don't realize it but you can also use burst mode on the iphone if you just press the shutter button and hold it it takes extremely rapid shots and you can get quite a an array to choose from sure and my little android phone has the same functionality i found this feature by mistake (laughs) <laughs> by just keeping my finger on the screen too long and then it just started rapid fire shooting lots of pictures but now that i see the uh, usefulness of that or think about the usefulness of it a little bit more um, i'm going to try doing it more frequently yeah um of course the lighting is always important make sure that the lighting is fairly balanced that the background isn't terribly dark or overly bright that can be the worst situation um you know if you want to line up a team uh, that's playing some sport and they're out of doors make sure that your light is adjusted for the best exposure on them and not for um, a bunch of trees in the background with the sun shining brightly on them that will make them look too dark yeah and this may seem pretty basic but don't shoot a group in front of a window when the sun's out it'll wash out everything yeah yes especially if it's reflected back into your lens right yeah we've got a number of troubleshooting tips that i wanted to talk about maybe we should save those for another time i'd like to hear your troubleshooting tips but yeah let's talk about that another time This is good information about capturing candid photos and setting up group shots. And I think that's a nice discussion. Let's wrap it up there. Okay. Talk to you next time. Bye. All right. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. That's all for the podcast this week. As usual, you can send your comments and questions to commonerrorspodcast at gmail.com. 
If you want to support the podcast, buy the book. The Common Errors in English Usage book can be bought online at your favorite online seller at our website, wmjasco.com, with free shipping. Thanks for listening.